Welcome to the Dayspring Audio Library, the teaching ministry of Pastor Daniel Rehoff. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message will have a powerful impact on your life. So sit back and enjoy today's time in the Word. How many of you remember doing book reports when you were in school? Okay, how many of you liked them? My hand is down. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so so this is just I don't know. This is a little bit a little tidbit of my history. I remember fifth, sixth grade. I'm sitting in my I'm, I'm sitting slash laying in my the bottom bunk of my room in Lake Zurich, Illinois. And I'm reading this book about Abraham Lincoln. And a light bulb turned on in my head. And I, I don't know where it came from. It must have been in the book somewhere. It was a long time ago, so I can't recall the exact situation. But the, the um, thing that turned on was the fact that I, for some reason in my fifth grade head, I thought that George Washington lived like, you know, Bible times. And I thought Abraham Lincoln lived like, you know, Civil War. That's like fairly recently, you know? And I, I, I don't know, this light bulb turned on and I, I started to realize how short our country has been around. And the, the time, so I looked it up. George Washington lived from 1732 to 1799. Okay, and he probably would have lived longer if they had better medicine. Um, and then there's a 10-year gap and Abraham Lincoln was born. okay. Abraham Lincoln, George Washington, they were almost alive at the same time. Okay, so that, that shrinks time to me. It just makes me think, okay, the, there's a lot of, there's overlap. And I think we would all agree that Abraham Lincoln was influenced by what George Washington had done, right? So we think about that, and it's just interesting how a few lifetimes, you know, I was thinking, okay, so then my grandpa was born in 1925, so we need one more lifetime, and then we've... You know, it's not many lifespans, and here we are from where our country's founding. And just, I don't know, I was just chewing on that. And just the amazing thing of overlap, the, the influence of the past overlaps onto us today. Um, we think about, you know, July 4th. July 4th is a great time. I hope you guys spent some time remembering um, and thinking about those who have sacrificed uh, for our country that have, you know, given up, you know, maybe a shot wasn't fired at them, but they were in our military and they were giving up time that they could have been at home living the dream and they were sacrificing. And if that would have been desired of them or, you know, called upon them, hey, you're going to the front lines, they would have been there. And I hope we're thankful for that. I hope we're thankful for that. Um, so I, I was, as I was, uh, you know, July 4th, there's all these articles coming out. There was an article that I saw that I just wanted to read to you guys. And it says, it starts out with this. Have you ever wondered what happened to the 56 men who signed the Declaration of Independence? Five signers were captured by the British as traitors and tortured before they died. Twelve had their homes ransacked and burned. Two lost their sons to, in the Revolutionary Army. Another had two sons captured. Nine of the 56 fought and died from wounds or hardships during the Revolutionary War. They signed and they pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. What kind of men were they? 24 were 
lawyers and jurists. I'm guessing lawyers were better back then. <laughs> eleven, eleven. You know, I know some good lawyers, so don't take it all out against me. Eleven were merchants. Nine were farmers and large plantation owners, men of means, well educated. But they signed the Declaration of Independence, knowing full well that the penalty would be death if they were captured. Can you imagine signing your own death warrant? Like, hey, if I'm captured, this is me signing this document is going to put me on the list of they want me dead. Defiance to authority. Um, so I was thinking about that. The, the decision, so, okay, so that's 240-something years ago, 1776. And I was thinking about those, that decision, you know, Independence Day, and how that overlaps, you know, so many years onto us. What, are we, what, have, what effects, what changes do we have because of what they did back then? You know, I, we don't have a royal family in America, right? We don't have the drama of the royal family. Um, what about this? When we start a ball game, do we sing Rule Britannia? No. What do we do? We sing God Bless America. We sing, you know, the Star Spangled Banner. Um, they had an effect on us. They had an effect. So this morning I want to cover some, some this concept of how our, our actions... You know, we may think, oh, I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't overlap on anyone. I'm just my own person and I do my own little thing. No, you do. You have, a, you have an effect on those around you. It overlaps onto other people around you. So I want to kind of look at that and we're going to study this out a little bit this morning. Um, so the first verse I want to look at is Romans 14, 7. And it says, for none of us liveth to himself and no man dieth to himself. Uh, those of you that attend RU, you guys know that verse. If you listen to Steve Currington cover his, his ten principles, he covers that in one of the, one of the verses. And, okay, let's, let's play that out. Did Steve Currington have an effect on a lot of people? Yeah, he did. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, no man lives to himself. No man dies to himself. We all affect others. And, and we, you know, we may think that, no, I, you know, I don't, you know, we have this false humility sometimes, and we can play the, play the game of, I don't affect anyone, I don't affect anyone, it's not a big deal. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. I would beg to differ. Um, so we're going to start out with some, with some decisions that were made by people in the Bible, and we're going to kind of chew through a few case studies. So I hope you guys can get some good stuff out of this. Um, first, Adam and Eve. We all know that, right? How many of we all know that for the most part? Okay, good. Okay, Adam and Eve, how do they, how do they affect us? Do they... Does their life really overlap? They were a thousand, you know, a few thousand years ago. They don't affect us today. How many of you worked in the garden this weekend? How many of you pull weeds? How many of you, you know, I think of, I think of pain and childbirth. <laughs> Thank you, Adam and Eve, right? What, they're living in the garden, Adam and Eve. They're the first, you know, God created Adam and then he creates Eve. And they're in the garden. It's perfection. And what do they do? They're told not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what do they do? Genesis 3, 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree that to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Hmm. Decisions. Daily decisions, right? Oh, oh no, 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 no. Walking through the garden. Hey, I was reading Genesis as I was studying, and he made a ton of trees, ton of options, right? Don't have this one. Ton of options. Isn't that us? Life has a ton of options, but these are off limits. Well, I really wish I could have that one, right? Isn't that totally it? That's totally it. It's the same thing with, with, with uh, you go shopping for a house or shopping for a car, right? 
this is my budget. This is what's available to me. Ah, oh, this one outside the budget. I really want that one. It's like, no, this is your list. You have to go off of this list. That's us. That's our human tendencies. And what happened? Adam and Eve did that, and guess what? Their decisions over, overlap us. They, they affect us today. Today. All the, all the things, death that came on the earth, the, the curse of sin. Thanks, Adam and Eve. By the way, guess what? I, I remember this. This was always the, the little caption that you know, kind of ended this topic. And it was, if you were in their shoes, you would have done the same exact thing. And that's, that's probably very, very true. Um, but we are overlapped by Adam and Eve. Um, they, their decisions affect us. Not by you know, years, not that they, they like lived in the same time as us, but their decisions uh, and their, the fallout of, of their actions overlaps us today. All right, next one, Noah. Noah. Take a look at uh, Genesis 6, 5 through 8. Let's take a look at that. And it says... Uh, And God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. The thoughts of man, only evil continually. That's not a good state. Verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing. And the fowl of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So in this verse we see that there, the world is a disaster, right? The world's a disaster now, right? We, on Friday night we were covering some, some a study, and it's just the world's a, not much has changed. It's all, as long as there's sinful man involved, it's a disaster. Uh, in politics and, and all the above. Um, but let's keep going. So, they, so he says, you know, I'm going to give the world a disaster. Um, I'm going to send a flood. And so he finds this one guy who, who, in Genesis, says Noah walked with God. He had a walk with God. And he finds, Noah finds grace in the eyes of the Lord. When, when God is saying, you know what, I just, just wipe it all out and start brand new, be done, whatever. He finds one guy, one guy. What was that? What was Noah doing? Noah was what? Doing what glorified God. He was doing what glorified God, and he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Uh, so he's told to build this ark, which, okay, how many of you remember when Answers in Genesis was building the ark in Kentucky? Okay, they got a lot of grief. A lot of grief when they were doing that. Like, oh, you're really going to build a replica of this boat? You know, you're really going to do that? Think about the, the, the ridicule that Noah faced when he was making that decision. Okay, I'll, God, you want me to build this boat? I'll build this boat. And then I thought about this. He's building this boat, and he's and out of a passion for God and a love for God. Okay, God, you told me to do this. I, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to build this boat. And, you know, that you can save the human race, you can save land animals, okay, you can save the, the birds, uh, the fowl of the air. Think about the ridicule and the endurance. You know, we get, how many of you get upset when you get ridiculed once? I get upset, right? Who likes to be picked on? Raise your hand. <laughs> no one likes that. No one likes to get picked on. Unless they like attention. As long as they're talking about me, it's good, right? <laughs> no, it's not good. It's not good. Um, but, but what we see here is that he, you know, I was looking at estimates, and the Bible doesn't clearly say how long it took for him to build the ark, but he spent 
you know, 55, 75 years, you know, we're talking years and years and years and years and all these people, if you imagine he's got this lot, you know, think of a neighborhood, he's got this lot and he's building this huge boat and all the people are walking by or riding by on their animals and they're always pointing out, hey, hey, uh, Theodore, did you see what Noah's doing? The guy's crazy. He's building this huge boat. It's never rained. What in the world is he doing? Can you imagine taking ridicule? For year after year after year after year. And it says in Second Peter 2 through 5, or 2 5, it says this And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So think about this Noah is passionate about what God has told him to do, he's passionate about it, he's building this ark. He's, he's doing what God told him to do despite the ridicule. And what is he doing the whole time? He's saying, hey, it's going to rain. You've got to get on board. When the, flood, when the rain comes, you know, it's going to flood. It's, he's, God's going to wipe out this hole. And everyone's going, yeah, right. Yeah, right. But what did he do? He stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. And he poured himself. He was a preacher of righteousness. He poured himself into those around him with people ridiculing. And guess how many people he had, converts? He had his wife, he had his three sons, and he had his daughter-in-law, you know, the three daughter-in-laws. That's all he had. Everyone else wrote him off, wrote him off. But what did his decision, how does that overlap onto us today? All right, ready? This is how it works. Ready? Everyone breathe in. Everyone breathe out. Or if it weren't for the faith of Noah, guess what? The human race would have been wiped out. We would not be breathing right now. We would not be. His decisions, his step of faith, is the reason that we're, we're alive. Because of the grace of God. Because of the grace of God. That's an amazing thing. The faith of Noah. We are overlapped by that. All right, let's go to the next one. Abraham. This is, this is interesting. So, no, was Noah perfect? No. Was Abraham, or Adam perfect? No. But let's talk about Abraham. Here's Abraham. He's this guy. He's, God has said that he's going to be the father of many nations. And, and it, Abraham's a mixed bag. He's a mixed bag. Good overcomes, but he's a mixed bag. Think about this. He's told that he's going to be the father of many nations, and he can't have an heir with Sarah's wife. So what does he do? He takes it, everything into his own hands, right? And he, has, he tries to produce an heir through Hagar, which is Ishmael, which is the father of the what nations? The Arab nations. Are we overlapped by that today? Are we affected by that decision today? You bet you we are. And God died for everyone. I'm not, I'm not saying that, that in a bad way, but we are affected by those decisions. All these, you know, that, that, was, that was not 100 years ago. That was forever ago, and we're affected by those decisions. Let's keep going. But he also did good. He also did much good. He, he went. He left what he knew for what God had promised. Hebrews eleven eight, By faith, Abraham... When he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed, he obeyed, and he went out, not knowing whither he went. Abraham did like a ton of things in his life. I, that was like a crazy life, action-packed life that he went through. Um, and there are some good examples of what to do. There are some examples of what not to do. Um, but through the study, we see that there is trouble, there's there is fallout from our decisions uh, that, that doesn't just affect 
us, it affects future generations. It affects the future. It affects others. Um, it's not just our, our personal family. It's the world. Um, and we see the good that comes out of following what God has. What is the good? Well, what did Abraham become? The father of many nations. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, through which we have what? The Savior, the Messiah. Think of the, the fallout of that, those decisions of following God, he, the bloodline of, of Jesus Christ. What an amazing thing. That's a huge effect on us today. All right, let's jump again. We're going to jump over to Paul and the apostles. Um, let's look at that one. How do they overlap us? Well, they affect us through what? They spread the gospel. They spread the gospel. God worked through those men to spread the gospel. They encouraged other people to grow in their walk. They, those men were used to write the scriptures. Uh, look at Ephesians two nineteen and 20. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. So he's talking to saved people. And he says, verse 20, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. The apostles, Paul, which is a miracle in itself, right, that shows the grace of God. Um, Peter shows the grace of God. All played a huge part in God's master plan for the church. Their zeal for the things of God affects us today. It overlaps us today. It overlaps us today. Uh, We have the scriptures because of people that God worked through, that were willing to be used. Um, We would not be saved if it weren't for people that shared the good news with us, right? That had an effect on us, um, that were a witness to us, that God used. Um, I was thinking about this today. Uh, think about Paul. Who did he have a specific effect? And we have, a, you know, books of the Bible. I was reading in Second Timothy. What is it? What is he? Who is encouraging? Who is he having an effect on? Believers, but specifically Timothy, right? Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Continue in the things that you have learned. You know, continue. And he's encouraging, which is an, that's an encouragement to us today. That's a cool thing to see the effect and the overlap that he had. And I would, I, you know, I'm sure Timothy wishes that he had. You know, sometimes we, we as our individual pride want to be our own person, right? We all want, how many of you want to be your own person? You don't really like people like telling you 100% what to do and how to live and everything, Right? We kind of are like that? Okay. All the honest people raised their hands. All the dishonest people left their hands down. Um, but we like to kind of live life. This is the way I am. I'm going to live life the way. We're stubborn. We're stubborn. That's a good word. And we want to do what we want to do. We don't like to be overlapped by people. You know what? For our own good, sometimes it's it's really good that we're overlapping people. I'm sure Timothy wishes that he had more time with Paul. I'm sure he thought that. And we should want to spend and really have that. There's a strength that comes through that. When we're surrounded by good people that can really lean in on us, uh, our pastor being one of those people, um, don't, don't, don't reject that. Don't reject that. Um, but we, we see that Paul really had an effect. The apostles had an effect. Um, it just didn't affect, well, the church is here, and as soon as those people die, it's over. No, it affected, and it's, and it's been carried through generations. Um, God's, God's power and God's word has continued uh, to affect lives through what 
those through the decisions that those guys made, the early church made. All right, so let's keep going. So this is not this is not this is not Bible anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna step out of those case studies, and I'm gonna go to this. What about this is this is treading on dangerous ground. What about parental overlap? How many of you have been affected by your parent? Raise your hand. Oh, come on. Everyone's hand should be raised. Um, how many of you inherited some weird habit or, or weird gene from, from your parents? Okay. Ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get really real, and I'm going to humble myself for a moment. Well, not really. I'm going to give an excuse. But um, <laughs> Some say that my gut sticks out a little too far, especially since the building has been completed. But I'd like to just blame my dad for his rib cage. It just sticks out a little bit farther. It's just genetic. It's not my fault. And then the weird thing that I get from my mom, which is just like a running joke in our family, is that my second, I don't know how many of you in here have the same problem, but my second toe is really a lot longer than my first toe. It's kind of freaky. (laughs) But our parents affect us a lot more than that, though, right? There's always the genetic thing, like, hey, you look like your dad. You know, like when we were, I was one of three brothers, and we would go to these family get-togethers, and there was always this, uh, I think he, he was, I forget what his name was, uncle, he, uncle something. He was like this distant uncle. I don't even know if he was my uncle. But he'd always, my dad would be walking through the room, and he, my dad's like 6'5", six, 6'4", six, and he's walking through the room, and, and the three little boys are walking right behind dad, you know? So, it, and so the, this guy would always be like, oh, there comes the doctor and the three little doctors. You know, here they go, and walking along. And guess what? I look like my dad. Sorry. It is what it is. I inherited it. His, his genes overlapped onto me. Um, but how much more than that? So there's like the genetic, the looks, all that stuff. As a child, you have a front row seat into your parents' life. You do. You do. And that can be really good, or it can be really what? Bad. It can be. It can be. Um, how many of us have baggage in our lives because of the way our parents lived? You know what that is? That's a challenge for us today to be better parents. That's a challenge for us to be better parents. And let's, I'm going to set this straight. Ready? Our parents' actions are not an excuse for wrongdoing, but they can create a hurdle for us to overcome. They can create a hurdle for us to overcome. I know that there's a verse in the Bible that talks about the sins of the father will be visited unto the, you know, the next generation, the next generation. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have to do what our parents did. It doesn't mean that. It doesn't mean that. We have to stand and we, need to, we, have, the, we have the same choice that they had. Are we going to do what's right? Are we going to do what's wrong? And, you know, we need to be good parents. We need to be good examples of what is right. Uh, I was On Friday we talked about King Hezekiah which is a great study for if you guys, any of you are looking for just something to read this week uh, in the Old Testament. And his dad was a disaster. King Ahaz, total disaster, total scumbag. He was wicked. He was doing idol worship with his kids, you know, passing through the fire. They were, it was a disaster. He, he barred up the temple. He, he set up altars throughout Jerusalem for pagan worship. And guess what his son did? His son rejected all of it and said, you know what, I'm going to do what's right. I'm going to do what's right. And he tore all that stuff down. He opened up the temple. Did he go through difficult times? Yes, he did. The son did. But guess what? God was with him. He clung to God. That's in, the, in that there, there's a chunk of verses that is just awesome of the things that Hezekiah did. He rejected the false 
falsehoods, the false garbage that had been pushed upon him his whole childhood, and he stood for what was right. And that, that's important. That's important. Um, stand for what is right. Learn from their successes. Learn from their failures. Just because you're under, you know, my parents, I don't have great parents. Okay, maybe you don't. Learn from their failures. Learn from their failures. You be better. You, you seek God, and you draw an eye to God. You cling to God, and you be better. You be better um, through the power of God. Parents, our overlap onto our, our children is huge. We affect them greatly. Let's make sure we aren't putting a stumbling block in front of them as they start life's race and even later on. 1 Corinthians 8 9. But take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Kids are impressionable. Kids are impressionable. Uh, teens are impressionable. Young adults are impressionable. Young Christians are impressionable. Okay? Be careful. Be careful. We overlap. As Christians, we're all in the same church, right? We all overlap a little bit onto other people, okay? We all produce body heat, hopefully. Hopefully we're producing body heat. If we aren't, that's a problem. Um, we all overlap a little bit. I'm breathing in this room. <sighs> Carter, are you okay? No. We overlap, okay? Let's be, let's be careful. Let's be careful. Um, think about a workplace. Think about your boss. Maybe it's like, oh, man, my boss is a piece of work. Guess what? Learn from them. Learn from them. Maybe you you learn what to do, and maybe you learn what not to do. Okay? Uh, My encouragement would be to learn from those around you at work and do your job as unto the Lord. As unto the Lord. Do it unto the Lord. If they're influencing you to go in the wrong direction, it's time for you to make a change. That doesn't mean quit. That means you need to make a change. Uh, I had a friend in college who took a job. Uh, and he was exposed to stuff that he should never have been exposed to. And he, I cautioned him about it. I was like, I don't know if that's a great work situation for you. Um, they, were, they were pushing things for work socialization um, on the employees. I was like, I don't think that's a great place for you to be. And it wasn't too much longer that he fell off the map. He left his wife, he left his newborn kid, and did whatever he wanted to do. Be careful. We can be affected. We can be affected. We can be overlapped by the things that we put around us. What about you? What about you? Who do you overlap? What, who affects you? And what effect do you have on others? Um, as I was studying this week, this is a really good verse. and I, I, This is like, if anything is going to challenge you, this is it. Right here. Okay, this is like... I want you to get this. I want you to get this. And this is just good for us, period. Philippians 2.3. Let nothing be done through strife, which means friction, okay, or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. In this verse, there's two types of people, okay? So I, as I'm digging into this, there's two types of people, right? Those that do stuff through strife and vainglory, and there's people that do stuff in what? Lowliness of mind, esteeming others better than themselves. We could probably think of people, now don't, don't get judgmental now, but we can probably think of people that fit both categories. Can we? Can we think of people? Um, it's, it's almost humorous, but I want you to think about which one you are. And it's maybe you're like one person that, you know, at this moment, and you, sometimes you go to this, this person and you kind of flip-flop. I think we're all going to 
find ourselves kind of doing that, but we want to fit in that last category. Um, but which one describes you? Does strife follow you wherever you go? Maybe it's you. I always have problems. There's always a problem with something. There's a problem at work, problem at home, problem everywhere. Maybe it's you, right? Has that ever crossed your mind? Um, are you all about yourself and getting the glory? Vainglory means inordinate pride in oneself and one's achievements, excessive vanity. Are you about yourself? Uh, I think of, uh, I like to think of this person as more of a you know overlap, kind of a more of a spiller. Have you ever known someone who walked by you and it's almost as if they spilled on you? They had like their coffee and it's just like, they're, they're almost, it's a little messy, it's a little awkward. Have you ever known someone like that where they, you're like, hey, how are you? And, it's, and, and they don't spill on you, but it's almost as, just the words that come out of their mouth and the way they interact with you, it's almost like they took their coffee and just dumped it on you and you're like, okay, all right, I'm okay. Have you ever, have you, am I the only one that's experienced that? Okay, there are people like that, okay? And sometimes it's us, sometimes it's us. Uh, we need to be careful. We need to be careful. Um, they, those people, and that's us, could wreak, wreak havoc on what they touch. They leave a mess in their wake. When they walk into the room, people avoid them. Have you ever known someone that people avoid because they just don't want to deal with it? They don't want to be spilled on? Right? Eww. There's some truth there. Some truth there. Or, or, and I hope that this is us, I hope this describes us, and we need to always, you know, we need to work on consistency. When you walk into a room, are you a source of encouragement? Do you bring a smile to people's face? Hmm. There are certain people that just bring a smile to your face when you see them. Do you know people like that? Think of people that surround you in life that, like, whenever you see that person, it's just like, oh, man, it's good. Life is good. You know, I can be around this guy. Um, are, you, are, you, are there people in heaven and are there people that are growing in their walk or grew in their walk because of the love that you showed, the God's love that overflowed onto them? What effect do you have on people? There's overflow. There's, there's overlapping. What effect do you have? Are you that person that you're walking, literally, not literally, but you're figuratively walking with a cup of coffee and it's just like, hey, how are you? <clears throat> are you that person? Think about it. Think about it. And I, and I hope that analogy kind of sticks in your brain because it, it affects our conversations. You know, sometimes I, you know, I'll have a rough day. And I get home and Nikki's like, where have you been? I was like, I was at my job. I'm sorry. No, sometimes I'm, sometimes I remember during the building project, there were some days I was like, I'd come home, I'm exhausted. And I did not have much patience. And it was like I walked into the house and I had a full pot of coffee. And it was like, you want to talk to me? All right, here's that, and here, here you go, Blake. That can be us. That can be us. What effect are we having? Are we, are we bringing strife with us? Are we bringing vainglory? Is it about, all about us? You're in my way. Do you know how bad my day was? You know, we're going to town on it. We need to be careful. We need to be careful. We all overlap onto others' lives. What effect are we having? Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Think of the example of Christ. What is he? He made himself in the form of a servant. In the form of a servant. Think about God's example and his overlap onto our lives. And we think of that. That's a perfect example. Grace and mercy. Constantly showered. Constantly showered. Uh, on Adam and Eve. He should have killed them in the garden. He disobeyed. You're done. Um, Noah's example. But Noah found Grace. Noah found grace. Think of Abraham. 
dude, you messed up. You're done. I'm going through a different guy. You know, I'll, 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 you know God's going to always fulfill his plan. But he could have gone through someone else. He didn't have to go through Abraham. But yet we see his grace and his mercy. Think about Paul. Paul's this you know, super Christian later on in his life. But what was he earlier on? Complete train wreck. Complete disaster. Talk about someone carrying a cup of coffee. Oh, you're a Christian? You're going to jail. You know, like talk about raining on your parade and causing havoc and, and all that stuff, causing strife. But yet, what does God do? He shows his mercy and he shows his grace. He shows his grace. Um, Lamentations 3.22, I love these verses, 2 through 25. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, and therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. God is so good. God is so good. You know what we need to be overlapped with? More God. More God. Well, that's what we need. That's what we need. You know what? You know, picture the circles, okay? The circle illustration. You know what we need? We need our circle to be gone, and we just need to see. I saw Christ. When I saw you, I saw Christ. Isn't that a great, that's a great picture, a mental image of less of us, more of him. Less of us, more of him. You know what? If there was more of him and less of us, there'd be a lot less strife. There'd be a lot less garbage. There'd be a lot less problems. And I'm all for less problems. Amen? Um, Think about if there was more God in our cities. Man, think about the problems that would be solved. Think about if there was more God in our politics, the problems that would be solved. Oof. Oof. Oh, man. Praise the Lord. He is full of grace and mercy. Great is his faithfulness. Uh, he sent the Messiah. And we're going to close with this. We're wrapping up. So stick with me. Stick with me. Stay awake. Don't fall asleep. All right. So we think of Christ and his overlap. Obviously, we're going toward the gospel here. Look at Ephesians 2. We're going to read more than we normally, usually we cover eight and, verses 8 and 9. But I want to read all these verses, 1 through 9 today, because they are just awesome. And they just speak to what Christ and what God has done for us. Ephesians 2, 1 through 9. And you hath he quickened. Who's you? That's us. Who's he? God. God. Who were dead in trespasses and sins. Who is that? We were dead in trespasses and sins. Where in times past you walked according to the curse of this world. Who walked according to the curse of this world? We did. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Who are the children of disobedience? That's us. That's us. I want to do what I want to do. Hmm. Hmm. Among whom also we, have, we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of, of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. And now this is the best, best word in the whole thing. Ready? But. But God. But God. Those first few verses are, don't really paint us in a great picture. <laughs> they don't. They don't. It's reality, but it doesn't paint a great picture of us. But think about verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are ye saved, and hath raised us to get up together, and made us sit in heaven, or together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus, who is our Savior. Amen.
Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The amazing thing about that whole passage is that's the go- it's got the gospel. It's got the gospel. Um, think about the first part of the gospel. What do we usually start with when we give the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel? What do we talk about? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let's look at the parallels. I love scripture because it doesn't disagree. It all links together beautifully. It's, a, it's beautiful. Look at, look at verse 1. Who were dead, and you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. What was the verse that we read? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. Guess what? We were all dead. We were all sinners. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We, had, we have all sinned. Go to the next, um, next verse that I like to do is Romans 6.23. and says, for the wages of sin is death, but, but. The gift of God is eternal life. Think about the parallels there. Ready? And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Jump to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, he hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. So we deserve death. But what? There was a gift. But God. But God. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Um, jump to those last two verses. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. The gift. The gift. Something we do not deserve. You know what? God should have wiped out mankind with Adam and Eve. God should have wiped out mankind in the time of Noah. God should have wiped out, you know, Abraham should have been zapped. We should have all been zapped, right? What do we deserve? We're all dead in trespasses and sins, but yet what? God showed his mercy and his grace on us and sent his son, Jesus Christ, to come to earth and to die on the cross and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. It's not what we do, it's what Christ did. Not of works, lest any man should boast. It's the gift of God. If you receive a gift, do you have to work for it? If you have to work for it, it's not a gift. It's not a gift. It's a gift of God. It's all about his grace and his mercy toward us, his grace. God's amazing grace. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the power of your word. Lord, we thank you for the truths of your word. Lord, we thank you that we are seen as perfect through the blood of the Lamb, through what Christ did on the cross. Lord, we are so thankful for that. Lord, we thank you for the the gift of God, which is Jesus Christ coming to earth and dying on the cross and paying for our sins. Lord, I pray that anyone here who doesn't know that, doesn't understand that, Lord, that today they would make a decision, that they would put their belief, their trust in Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, who came to earth, lived a perfect life, and died for us. He died on the cross, and he paid for all of our sin. There's no sin left. Lord, I pray that everyone here in this room has put their trust in the Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would work on anyone who has not done that. Lord, I pray that today would be the day of their salvation, that they would they would say in their mind something like this, Lord, I know I'm a sinner, I make mistakes, but I know that you died on the cross, you paid for my sins, and I put my trust, my belief 
and you, that you paid it all and I don't have to. It's not me going to church. It's not me being baptized. It's not me being a, being a good person. It's what you did on the cross. Lord, I pray that everyone has done that. Lord, if anyone has a question, Lord, I pray that you'd have them ask me today. Come up to me after the service. And that they would ask me, Lord, that we would be able to have that conversation. Lord, I pray that you'd work in all of us. Lord, we overlap. Our lives overlap on other people. Just as our founding fathers of this nation overlap onto us today with our freedoms and the, the people in the Bible, the, the, from Adam and Eve to Noah to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those people throughout the Bible overlap onto us today. The Paul and the apostles, the early church, they overlap onto us today. We overlap onto others today. Lord, I pray that you would work in our hearts. Lord, help us to not be that cup of coffee. We're walking around and we're spilling out on everyone and we're just causing strife and havoc. Lord, help us to have the attitude of a servant, showing love, being encouraging, being refreshing to those around us. Lord, that's, help us that, help that to be our prayer. And Lord, if we're struggling with that, we're battling it, Lord, help us to come boldly to you and ask for strength in that. Lord, work in our lives. Help us to grow. Help us never to be satisfied where we're at in our walk, but help us to grow and to seek to grow in you. Lord, we pray for everyone that you give us strength to do it. Lord, we pray for our pastor again. Lord, we pray for his family. Bring him back safely, Lord. We thank you for their overlap onto our lives, the sacrifices that they've made so that for the betterment of us, Lord, that they did it in, with a, your love that whole time, Lord. I pray that you just help them to continue, that they would continue, Lord, that you give them strength, give them endurance uh, in, this, in this walk that they have, the calling that you, you've brought them to. And Lord, we pray that you just bless us the rest of this day. Lord, we thank you for everyone here. Keep us all safe. Bring us back next week. In Jesus' name, amen. We are very interested in you and your spiritual growth. If you want to contact Dayspring for prayer or more information, you can reach us at 262 404 5092 or on the web at dayspringbaptist.com. Thanks for listening.